Hello, lovelies, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlock with Think Chat, and welcome to Confession 105, where we're going local to global part two. I recognize that I get a little eager beaver when I sometimes talk about things I'm really passionate about. And I know in the last episode, we talked about going from a local issue to something that's more globally minded. And I use the Project Zero um, Visible Thinking Routine Projecting Across Distance as an example. And as I went through this past week, I realized that this may be a bit advanced for some people who are not used to this type of intense visible thinking routine. So I scoured my files to find something that might be a little bit of an easier starting point because we differentiate for our learners, right? And a tool that I really like is called Investigate, Organize, Generalize by Rachel French. It helps to scaffold the process of going from a local issue to something that's more globally focused. And to begin this process, think of a big idea that you'll be exploring in your unit. For mine, I'm choosing culture, okay? I'm gonna do something different. And think of this as a universal concept um, in, you know, I think of culture because it's a universal concept within um, who we are and how we express ourselves. It's just how we leverage it, right? So let's take a look at this strategy in action and how it can help to bring about more local and global inquiry in your context. So there are three major questions for this strategy. And there's a table. And I'll put this visual um, in my blog post so that you can have a visual if you want to refer back to it. The questions are, how is culture shared in this place? That's easy. What are the unique features? And what are some similarities to your own culture? So we're, once again, trying to find more similarities than different. And I had been um, doing this with a workshop in New Orleans. And so I found a piece, because it's a neighbor of mine, um, about New Orleans. And then looking at a country near to me, I checked out Mexico. Then I went a little farther. So it's kind of scaffolding the process of projecting across distance and um, looking in India at a group and about their culture. So let's zoom in on New Orleans. So how is culture shared in this place? There's a really cool new exhibit, some museum called Jam Nola. It's focused on capturing the essence of New Orleans through the lens of local artists. Um, to bring together joy, art, and the power of music, since there's so much music that derived um, in New Orleans. So what are the unique features? Well, the artists have captured the flavor of New Orleans through colorful murals, large sculptures um, from mixed materials, and Mardi Gras and carnival costumes. 
It has interactive elements where participants can take selfies and videos, and it's and has supported artists um, in the local area during the pandemic and inspired them to create. I love that. So what are some similarities to your own culture? I've seen similar murals painted throughout my city on walls and buildings and the large colorful art forms. Um, we have a thing called the art car parade where people will take a car and decorate it and put objects actually on the cars. And these cars come from all over the United States to participate in an annual parade. So that's how I connected to my local community. So now let's go to, uh, to Mexico, Mexico and south of the border of me. And once again, we're looking at that question, how is culture shared in this place? And the culture of Mexico is based on a rich heritage of stories and events from the past. The people engage in a variety of traditions to show respect to those of the past and to the earth itself. And I always love that about cultures, especially indigenous cultures, where there's such a tie to the earth and to almost the religious and traditional belief systems. So what are the unique features? So there's several, and I apologize my pronunciation, but I'm doing the best I can. So uh, we know about Day of the Dead. Mo it's become more streamlined with like Coco and that sort of thing. And this day is to honor the dead, that, that uh, there is a belief that there is a temporary return to the earth. So the family create, um, not necessarily altars, but places of um, support and love and have elements of things that the family members loved while they were alive. So there's also in a region um, of Mexico that's called the Ritual of the Papatila uh, Flyers. And this is kind of like a maypole um, where uh, there are flyers that are literally flying around the top of a pole. And it's to represent um, the kind of like the natural world and to show and honor respect. Then there's the Parachicos Chapa de Corso um, from January 24th, uh, sorry, January 4th. It's honoring the memory of Maria de Angulo, who brought her sick boy to be healed in uh, Chapa de Corso in their natural springs. And he was healed. And it reminds of the power of the earth. And what are some similarities to your own cultures? Many of the indigenous people in my culture, in my country, um, we call them Native Americans, honor the earth and their ancestry through their own rituals. And mainstream Americans, like in, you know, kind of in pop culture or daily life, we follow our own traditions to show gratitude and to remember the past. So now we're going to go 
to India. There is a religious sect called the Parsis that believe that all living things, include humans, should leave the world naturally. And the Parsis use vultures to devour the flesh of the dead to honor their passing. And due to pesticides and other drugs, um, with the increase of vultures within the cities, many of the vultures have gotten sick or died. And so this has greatly decreased the number of vultures that are available. So this cultural heritage of honoring the dead is not being able to be met. And something that I tied to my own culture is that we often um, bury our dead to show honor to those that we love and those that have passed. And we participate in certain rituals to consecrate the dead. We'll bless, you know, the plot. We'll, some people will get cremated and then spread the ashes of their loved ones. Um, so many different things, right? So now we have gone through the three different cultures. Well, now we're going to cross section um, and analyze them. What do I mean by that? So we're going to just go down how is culture shared in this place? So a reminder, in New Orleans, Jamnola is a museum that captures the essence of New Orleans through the lens of art um, joy and music. Mexico has a rich variety of stories and events from the past, and the people engage in a variety of traditions to show not only respect to those that have passed, but also to the earth itself. And in India, the Parsis, um, a religious sect, believe that all living things, including humans, should leave this world naturally. So what is, how would I summarize all of these ideas in column one? And I've come to a simple statement. Our culture reflects its beliefs and values. That's it. So now let's go down to column two. What are the unique features? Reminder that um, in um, New Orleans, this museum had colorful murals, art sculptures, carnivals for Carnival and Mardi Gras, um, interactive elements. In Mexico, they had different traditions to honor the dead, to honor the natural world, and also to um, remember historical times. And the Parsis used the vultures to devour the flesh of their dead, to honor their passing and the life that they had lived. So if I were to summarize that whole unique features column, I would say that every culture expresses their beliefs differently to the world, but they all reflect the underlying values, traditions, and heritage. The last column, what are similarities to your own culture? In New Orleans, I see similar to New Orleans, I should say. Um, I see a lot of murals painted throughout my city um, and walls to represent um, the uniqueness of each neighborhood. And also we have our art car parade. 
Many Native Americans honor the earth and their own ancestry um, through rituals, as well as we as Americans um, monitor the year through um, different cultural traditions, as well as religious um, ceremonies. And in India, a portion of the people bury their dead um, through using vultures, but so do we honor those that have died to show them how much we care for them and to let them go peacefully into the next world. And if I were to summarize all of these things of how it connects to my own culture, I'd say that we all honor the past in our own unique way. Now, a job is to take the summary of the three columns and put it all together. So here'd be my summary of everything that I've talked to you about. Is that culture is a reflection of our underlying beliefs and values. Each culture expresses their beliefs differently to the world, but they're equally valid. In the end, we all honor our past so we can live in the present. Why would we want to do this with our learners? First of all, it's allowing them to get the facts, right? What is specifically happening? What's, what's an event or a way of demonstrating something in a place? What are those features that make it look different? And then tying it back to me, what is basically the commonality of the human experience? Isn't that the point of local and global inquiry? But what I love how Rachel French has done it in the bottom is that now we're going to take these columns across different cultures and try to synthesize. We synthesize column one, we synthesize column two, and then we synthesize column three. And then we synthesize and summarize everything. We summarize it all to come with the final statement. Once again, mine was, culture is a reflection of our underlying beliefs and values. Each culture expresses their beliefs differently to the world, but they're equally valid. In the end, we all honor our past so we can live in the present. If you can get your learners to understand all of that, man, I saw so many central ideas in there. Uh, they're going to be deep thinkers. And for those new to local and global inquiry, this might be an easier starting point because the thinking is a lot more scaffolded. It's still deep because local and global inquiry is deep. But for me, I appreciate the fact that we summarize and synthesize at the end because it helps learners to make connections in a more, well, I think in a more enriching and possibly easier way. And I hope you'll try this um, practice on your own because it really does take the learning to another place. It gets children to think beyond their local circumstance. Because I think what happens with us in the world, we feel very polarized because we think, oh, we're the only people going through this. And by looking at local and global issues, we're able to see that humanity is all going through it. 
So how can we band together to solve the problems so that we're all not suffering in silos? And maybe not it's not even suffering. Maybe some issues are a good thing, right? But how do we then express that as an appreciation? Um, so many facets to this. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And I can't wait to hear your responses. Um, feel free to comment on Twitter at ThinkChat2020 or on LinkedIn at Lou Gerlach. And I look forward to um, engaging with you. Talk to you soon, my friends.